welcome back to Warriors Weekly, the official Glasgow Warriors Club podcast. Thank you for all of your feedback on last week's pod. Please do keep it coming in using the hashtag Warriors Weekly. And hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Acast and every other podcast platform. Unlike last week, we're not recording at the Clyde One Studios, unfortunately, so there are no jingles. We will be back there soon, all being well. But this week we are recording on the road. We are actually in Johannesburg. We landed here yesterday as we start our mini tour of South Africa. We play the Cheetahs this Saturday and then move on to Port Elizabeth to play the Southern Kings. I'm Jack Reed, and as always, I'm joined by Adam Ash, who literally cannot score in tries. And this week, as we're in Africa, we're joined by a South African and an adopted South African in Ollie Kebble and Hugh Jones. How are you, fellas? All suitably rested up after the flight? Feeling all right. I mean, I wouldn't say rested. It was a day flight, so I watched about five movies. Um, what was your favourite one? Um, Ready Player One. I don't know if you've seen it. but um, seen it. I thought it was going to be a little nerdy with like the gaming kind of thing, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Pretty good. pretty good. Um, ate lots of snacks on the plane. Sat with Tommy Seymour, the happiest man alive. Oh, um, lucky. But yeah, in general, I thought it was pretty good. Well, you know, I, I sat next to Johnny Gray. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've uh, heard or seen, he's quite particular about his sleep. So uh, I was told to keep very quiet and I was on a three-strike process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're just not allowed to speak to him. And yeah, he was trying to fall asleep and I actually, like, I, I genuinely had a cough. <laughs> and I had to like hold it back because he'd literally wake up, lean over, and go, "Let's strike one." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like no fun at all. I know. Right, we'll get back to that monster game a bit later, but I want to start by talking about you two. And you've been close friends for a long time now. But tell us how it started. Where did you first meet, and how did you first realise actually this guy's all right? Well, I'd just like to start by saying that. Hugh says that we met a lot earlier than we actually did. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's, because of that, I actually met Ollie in, I think, um, 2013. He thinks we met two years after that, but we did meet in 2013. But because he was quite big time then, he had just come off the back of a SA Under-20 World Cup win. Right. Um, at home in South Africa, so he was like talk of the town. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was loving him. Final at Newlands in Cape Town, so like everyone he knew was there, mm-hmm. all his schoolmates. Um, one schoolmate. One schoolmate. Um, and we were, we were both training with Western Province Under-21s. Um, Ollie was obviously first name on the team sheet. And I was playing amateur club rugby out out in the suburbs um, and sort of like trying to get a call up, but it, it wasn't likely. Um, so I did actually have a couple of training sessions with Ollie. I didn't last longer, um, but yeah, he didn't want to give me the time of day, to be honest. Um, it was only until I um, until the next year when I actually signed a professional contract with the Stormers that Ollie sort of found out my name. Was willing to hang um, out with you. Would yeah, you seen, yeah. seen in public with you? Um, and we, we actually... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still got my name wrong. Um, we actually properly hit it off on the on our first Stormers tour together in 2015 to New Zealand and Australia. So, so you just, having none of that, you just not remember any of that? No, well, he makes it sound a lot worse than... <laughs> I, I, I probably did meet him like passing by, but he was training with the vegetables down the other <laughs> side. So we didn't do much with him. You uh, were signing autographs at that point. You can no, no, no. It's not like that at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then like you said, uh, when he came, was it your first Super Rugby Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on that tour, I think yeah, I hit it off, and uh, I sort of had to mentor him a bit because. 
he had a girlfriend at the time, and he hadn't, <laughs> he hadn't spoken to her for three weeks. Maybe in all ways, so, <laughs> to take him under my wing a little bit. <laughs> do we do we want to dive into that? Or should, no, shall we, no, let's no. move. Let's move. My on. brother was on the top. Right. Okay. So how did you end up living together then? How far down the line was that? Um, that was the. So at the time, I was living with another guy who was in the Stormers, a guy called Dylan Lades. Um, and then, I think it was at the end of that year, that I decided um, that Dill um, was a little bit too disorganised for me. Um, we were both very disorganised, and I needed someone organised like Ollie. Um, so is that the dynamic then? You're I think the, I'm I basically think his is, legal yeah. guardian. Yeah. Ollie, yeah, Ollie looks after me quite a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I think the opportunity arose. Ollie uh, found a three-bedroom flat in Cape Town with another one of my mates, uh, Justin Comerford. You don't have to include his name. You'll love that. You'll love that, yeah. He's, he probably, listening. He's probably listening to the podcast. Um, Jason. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, they had a spare room and I um, yeah, happily moved in. So that was, I think, beginning of 2016, end of 2015, and then we lived there for two years. Lovely. So... You guys live together, you must have some stories. Uh, anything you'd like to share about each other? Anything that sticks out? Or? Nah. Nah. <laughs> Hugh's just a really great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ollie's just the best room. Um, Ollie's, a, Ollie's a private person, so I don't know much about him, to be honest. Well, let's, let's get back to rugby then. Um, you both had frustrating first seasons with the club, let's say. Um, for similar reasons, Ollie, just talk us through that. Was it Coming over, I guess you, the first thing you want to do is make a big first impression, and then a couple of games in, you get injured and you yeah, find yourself out for a while. Like obviously, coming over, really played uh, pretty much a whole season, um, and yeah, I just wanted to like start off on the right foot, you know, make a good impression, and just unlucky, I think, in the second game last year to get, I think, quite a, a major injury. I know actually you've had a similar thing. Um, so it was, what was it? Yeah. Something uh, in your foot? In my foot, yeah. Big T. Yeah. So when I did you do that one? Uh, when was I done that? It must have been three seasons ago. You just, you were at that kind of, because you can either do it completely and yeah. get an operation, like you need mm-hmm. to have it done, or you can kind of be borderline, and that was Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, I feel for props to get that injury, because when your toes extended yeah. like that in a scrum, man, like, so much pressure I was, for about nine months, I couldn't do any of that stuff, yeah. and, Good to see you out there. So yeah, there was a period again. of like four between like three and four months where I was like, "Am I actually gonna play rugby again?" Like, because it just wasn't getting any better. Thinking about like getting surgery, what was I gonna do? Uh, so I'm glad I got through that. But yeah, it was frustrating. And then came back and started to gain a little bit of momentum, mm-hmm. um, and got injured just before the semi-final. So very disruptive first season, uh, but probably stronger for it now. I think. How do you find preseason? Pretty good. Uh, like it's it's nice to be with like this group of boys. I think it's like it's a great bunch in the team and uh, get on well with I'd say a lot of the guys and like being settled now that I've been here for a year. Really, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot easier to sort of slot in and preseason is really good. And kind of just focus on your rugby rather than getting to know the city and exactly, stuff like that. Yeah. And like learning patterns and all that sort of stuff. It all comes almost second nature now, which is good. Yeah. And here it would. Would have been slightly different for you because whereas Ollie was more of an unknown, everyone knew who you were when you show up because of what you'd done for Scotland. Did you feel was that did you feel pressure knowing that 
all the Warriors fans had obviously seen what you could do, and then you came in, kind of what, November. You start scored you, three um, tries in three games or something. <laughs> you did, did you not? Scored against Edinburgh. Had my one try for Glasgow. But it'd been kind of everyone had had. We'd just come off the back of a ten-game winning streak, hadn't we? So yeah, everyone had yeah. had a chance to put their hand up for selection, and everyone was clicking. So how tough was it for you, kind of, with this big reputation coming in and trying to slot into that? Um, yeah, it was. Um, obviously, came in quite late. I, I had to finish off the season in South Africa. Um, we um, we won the Curry Cup two tries at Marrow match in the final. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. Yes, um, baby. But yeah, from there I joined, um, but I didn't have time to train with Glasgow. We were straight into Scotland camp, so I played the autumn test, and then my first action for Glasgow was only in December. Um, so yeah, I mean, not halfway through, but I mean, a good couple of months into the season. Um, I think then, yeah, there was. I think there was a bit of expectation. Um, I think a lot of that I put on myself, um, just because of what I'd heard and what what people had been saying. I think I got a little bit affected by that, um, and I put quite a lot of pressure on myself. And when we had a couple of tough games, then in December we had um, two games against Montpellier. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Edinburgh home and away, um, and then Exeter, I think, uh, in January. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we didn't do too well in those games. I think um, we obviously lost that game against Edinburgh at Murrayfield. Um, we lost both against Montpellier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have hoped that it had gone a lot better than it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I was at my best then. Um, but yeah, so that I think that was a little bit disappointing in my first couple of games with Warriors. Um, and it is difficult yeah. as well when you think about it because like, Different coaches demand different things from you, like, and I really noticed that going from a sort of Gregor coaching way to Dave, mm-hmm. like, it's completely different ways of looking at the game. So mm-hmm. you almost have to alter your game completely sometimes in yeah. these situations, and it's not an easy thing to do. By yeah. Means. So, but then, um, especially halfway through a season as well. Like, yeah. It's not as if yeah. you're coming in for a preseason yeah. and everyone's kind of finding their feet. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then it was back into Six Nations, uh, where we did pretty well. Um, bit up and down there with performances um, and then I think the mo- most frustrating thing for me was my first game back after Six Nations took a head knock um, mm-hmm. uh, got a couple of facial fractures and then didn't feature for the rest of the season um, so yeah the last game I actually played was April uh, and you were saying to me yesterday that's your last full training session was yeah yeah I didn't I didn't do much full training after that um, I struggled I, str- I couldn't do contact with uh, with a facial injury um, for a while after that, and then by the time I was actually ready, it was semi-final week, and and then you um, had a, a yeah. wrist operation already booked in. For yeah, yeah. So I had my wrist operation at the end of May, um, as soon as the season was done. Are you right or left-handed? I'm right-handed, luckily. Um, yeah, still had use of my good hand um, <laughs> for handwriting and stuff. Of course, so. and texting. Um, but yeah, had that had the operation end of May. Uh, and yeah, that's taken me all the way to now, where I'm back on the field, so um, was that, back in full training. So today we went to, I can't remember the name of the place, but we had a couple of things out. St. Stiffians College. St. Stiffians. St. Stiffians. How do you actually say it? St. Stiffians. St. Stiffians. We used to call them St. Sticky Bums. Good school. 
Yeah, no, not too much. Nice. But was that your first proper training session in? Um, yeah, well, the first time I've been involved in every partner session. Um, I've been training for the last couple of weeks, but dropping out every time there's contact, um, just because I don't fancy it, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the first time I've been told I actually have to do it. So You took on uh, Kev Brace for a few tackles at the um, session. Yeah, yeah, it was good to be back. Um, nice to get a bit of a hit out. Feeling good. Ollie, how well do you know this area? Johannesburg, how much time have you spent here? Um, so my parents actually lived here for a lot of my childhood um, when I was at boarding school in Cape Town. So I know fairly well. Uh, we lived uh, quite close to the school we were at um, mm -hmm. this afternoon. So yeah, not too bad. I think it has changed. Like Every year I come back, it just seems to be a bit different. Uh, uh, getting a bit scarier, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a day off tomorrow and then a day off in Cape Town next week. So is everyone looking to you two, I guess? Are you are you the ringleaders? Are you showing everyone around? What's, what are the plans? I think in most environments we're the ringleaders, Joe. No matter where we are, I think people look to us. <laughs> Inspiration um, and leadership. Yeah. Uh, no, well, I think tomorrow, just because like, we got in quite late, everyone's just going to chill tomorrow. I'm staying in a hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, is there's like, a lot of stuff to do, so we'll definitely sort some stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to last weekend, Ashley, the Munster game. How much did you enjoy that? Two from two, top try scorer at the club. Is that right? This season, so this, far? This season. Yeah, not of all time. <laughs> DTH has got a couple on you still. What's he at? Must be catching up with him. Yeah, you're getting there, mate. How many career tries do you have? Well, I don't maybe like 10. Not that much. Well, that's not bad. That's all right. Well, he's only on one. Yeah. What, oh, career tries? Chill out. Yeah. What, like, <laughs> is it like professional? Yeah, professional career tries. Senior pro tries. Senior. Yeah. Senior. Who's Senior. Scored loads at school. <laughs> 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 Uh, that was against the Highlanders. I was it was like my fourth like pro game. I was like, oh, this is a good this start. is gonna be easy. Yeah, <laughs> so easy. that's like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. I, I think everybody was pleased. We wanted to go out there and start off the game really intensely, and I think we managed to do that. The first half was exciting. Uh, scored a few good tries. The second half was a little bit different. Um, you know, probably let them into the game a little bit more with a few mistakes on our part, but I think all in all, you, you're going to take four points against Munster, so everybody was really pleased, and uh, yeah, on to, on to this week. The altitude was interesting today, but good to get a, a good blow on and get the first one out of the system. It's like breathing through a straw. It actually is, isn't it? Mm. I've still got a bit of this bloody uh, tonsillitis lingering as well. Yeah, I have a sore throat, so... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's red raw. <laughs> so how how quickly does it take you to notice a difference in altitude? Is it kind of ten minutes in? You're like, hang no, on. No, it's like this. when you rock up to the training session and run across the field to go to the toilet. Yeah. And you get to the toilet and you're hissing. <laughs> and you're blowing. Uh, yeah. It's literally like that. That was like that today. From our experience, you need to like push through. You need to push really hard early to get that second wind as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then it kind of. Like it feels like you're first loosened it. up a yeah. bit. That's yeah. what I found. I found in the game here last year. It probably was 50 minutes until I got my second win. Yeah. But I'm going to do that. I'm taking that technique yeah. into the game this week. I'm going to like do a serious blowout before the game. Get the lungs pumping. It's been a while since either of you played the Cheetahs, but from your Super Rugby experience of the Cheetahs and the Kings, what kind of what kind of teams are they? What can we expect from them? 
Um, I think with the Cheetahs, um, they're a very attacking team. They've always had um, like fast, attacking, skillful backs. Um, I've not seen their squad um, for this week yet. Um, but um, yeah, just from experience, they, they want to play from everywhere. They, they, they're similar to us, they thrive off turnover ball. Um, and they'll attack at all opportunities. They love to go wide. They usually have pace out wide. So um, I think that's one thing we've got to be wary wary for. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, can't tell you much about the cheetahs pack. Ollie's probably better than better than me. He's buried a few scrums against these lads. Uh, <laughs> there, Lucy's not that, is he? Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy played for Oklahoma Hodge. No, Ox. So Ox and Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be. I, I've watched a couple of their games, and I think it's it's all about how we start against them. I think if we give them a sniff uh, initially, it's gonna be a real battle. But uh, if we sort of, if we, I mean, like you said, they thrive off mistakes. So if we lose at the start of the game, it'll be a tough afternoon for us. But uh, if we just keep it tight and do what we did, what we have been doing should be a good afternoon for us. After what you said earlier about the frustrating start to your, your career here, what did it mean to you to get that standing ovation from, from the main stand when you came off against Munster after like after such a dominant forward display? Unreal. Yeah, I was really <laughs> cool. Um, I mean, I, I think like, the support at Scotland is actually unbelievable. And I, you know, I couldn't believe it when it was happening and I was like really uh, grateful for that. But I got, uh, my girlfriend took a video of it and I saw it later that night and it was actually very special. So. And actually what was it like being behind a front row like that that was, that was so dominant against an Irish team that are so historically so dominant up front? It's happy days for me at the back when the ball comes out and it's on a plate. So can't complain, yeah. Big boy does well. It's one of the things I noticed when he came in at the start, uh, was it last year, before he got injured. Absolutely drilling guys in training in the scrum. <laughs> Seriously, man. There's some noises coming from the opposition front row. That Little squeals coming like, from the other side. Yeah. Have you always been a prop? Uh, well, actually, I was, I was telling uh, one of the guys last week I played uh, left wing till I was 14. <laughs> was one of the quicker guys in, the, in, the, in my grade. And then it all just went downhill from there. Uh, Can you still do a job? Well, on the left wing? Mm-hmm. I'd, Honestly, I think I could. <laughs> I just don't think I'd be very good under the high ball. Really? But how long? So say, so say there was. <laughs> a, how long until you got found out? So say you were the only person on the pitch who didn't know that you weren't a natural left winger. Everyone else thought you did. How long until someone clocks? Hang on, this guy. Probably when I make a line break in the first ten minutes, and then. He's already expecting to make a line. <laughs> I'll, I'll break the first line. All the coverage defenders will catch me really quickly. What about you, Hugh, if you were to play anywhere else? Um, I've played all over. Um, well, say that mostly in the backs. I played hooker for a game when I was under 10. Um, I was quite chubby at that point. Um, I played number 8 when we were short numbers one game. That was. Who was that for? Oh, still school. Uh, it doesn't really count, does school. it? Is it true that you you can get a game for the first team in school? Um, yeah. When when I was in we call it what last six, so mm-hmm. second to last year of school, um, I was um, messing about with the seconds and thirds. <laughs> um, couldn't get a game for the firsts. 
unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd say like those were that was like one of the most enjoyable years of rugby that I've had. Um, just not really caring much, just going out and playing with your mates and like positions didn't matter. You just having fun, chuck the ball around. Um, but yeah, made into the first of the year after that. I was top try scorer. So, <laughs> so jokes on men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck this next couple of weeks. And I hope you get to catch up with some people while you're over here, some family and stuff like that. And thanks everyone for listening to Warriors Weekly. We'll be back. We'll have another South African podcast next week, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Acast, and everywhere else. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah,